Once a month, we like to discuss all things gardening with Jackson County Master Gardener Lynn Kuntzman. Today, she shares spring gardening tips with host Jeff Riley. Lynn Kuntzman, thanks for joining us once again on the Jefferson Exchange. Hi, nice to be here. Now, I know we're in March, so it is the month of spring arriving, but certainly not in the first part of the month uh, with snowstorms <laughs> seeming to come one on top of the other. So, yeah. I mean, is it premature? We shouldn't be doing anything outside at this point, right? No, I mean, uh, there really isn't anything to do when the ground is frozen solid. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, um, but it certainly can be if you've got a greenhouse or a window garden, you know, where you're starting. Um, your vegetable seeds for your spring garden, that can be going on. Um, you know, if you, if you want to plant, say, in mid-March or l- late March, some of those coal crops or um, other things, you know, refer, again, to the garden guide that, that uh, Master Gardeners has for the Valley to tell you what you can be um, planting out as transplants and starting from seed to create transplants. There are some things that can direct seed, but they're going to grow very slowly when when we're getting these freezing temperatures. <laughs> right. I, well, I was reading about some some seeds will just basically not germinate; they'll stay dormant, or will they will they will they ever germinate? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, so so um, you know the the old rule of thumb is plant seeds on President's Day. Well, we're well past President's Day now. And my guess is if people planted peas this last President's Day, those peas are still sitting in the ground just <laughs> waiting for the soil temperatures to be correct for them to come up. Um, and so that the seeds know when the appropriate moment is, um, you know, better than we do. And the reason we start them indoors, of course, is to trick them <laughs> into thinking it's later in the season than it really is. And... Um, and then we can tuck them into the garden, you know, and, then, and we'll have a three or four week jump on the season that way. Um, that's the reason for starting transplants early. All right. When you move transplants outside, how much of a shock factor is there if the soil is still relatively cold? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the same thing. If you've got a good layer of, of like leaf mulch on the soil, you might not get this, especially now this time of year, now that we're past some of the very coldest weather, um, it, it might not even be freezing in, you know, down in the garden bed because if you've got two or three inches of leaf litter uh, protecting that soil layer, um, you might find that your garden beds are less frozen than just open soil in your yard. Um, so it's one of the reasons we tell people to, you know, protect your garden beds in winter, put, put the leaves on and let them do their thing over the winter, it, it helps keep the soil from uh, freezing completely. Okay, well, that that, that uh, produced a grimace on my face because I was thinking, oh, what the heck, you know, <laughs> you can't dry the soil out over the winter, right? So what's the point of putting mulch on it, forgetting everything right. you told me in the past? Right, it's not, yeah, it's not a matter of drying the soil out or, you know, worrying about that. In the winter, putting a layer of mulch or, um, or a green cover crop on... Um, Provides. Sorry, my dogs are going nuts in the background because oh. my husband just drove in. Can barely hear. <laughs> They're just screaming their heads off. <laughs> the shrieking eels. Anyway, uh, you you can um, by putting that protective layer of leaves on in the winter, you are providing habitat for overwintering insects, and they are decomposing those leaves. And and then the you know a three inch layer of leaves is going to keep the frost. Uh, 
in a in abeyance. So it's going to keep the ground from freezing solid. Um, so uh, that's that's a you know that's another reason for leaving a mulch on garden beds. Okay. Well, that that moves me into the the next realm, though, which is uh, when when do you add soil amendments? I mean, when do you start putting things mm. out there to enhance mm-hmm. what you've got under that mulch? Sure, sure. So uh, generally, we tell people if you're gonna you know if you're gonna be fertilizing, uh, put the fertilizer in when you plant the plant. You know, you're you're digging a hole to put the plant in, or you're digging a a furrow to plant the seeds in. Um, put the fertilizer in the bottom of that planting basin that you've made uh, and scratch it around a little bit and and that should be then you're good to go um, and then during the season as the plants are growing particularly summer vegetables that are, tend to be heavier feeders than the spring vegetables um, you can side dress with uh, compost or or use liquid fertilizer if you feel like they really need a boost um, you know an organic liquid fertilizer to get it the root area drenched and and um, provided with some nutrition. Uh, side yeah. dress, once so, again, though, you're, you're not bombing the plant with it. You're putting it next to the plant. It's adjacent, just yeah, not on. Right, yeah, so side dressing just means you're putting compost uh, at the base of the plant around the, you know, close to the stem uh, where you're going to be watering, and the nutrients from that compost will water down and and or the, or the insect life there in the soil will pull those nutrients down as it burrows and fidgets around down there. <laughs> uh, Lynn Kunzman is back with us on the Jefferson Exchange for another edition of Garden for Life. We did record this in advance, but if you'd like to get in on a future conversation on Garden for Life, send a question or a story along to jx at jeffnet.org. So when we're, as long as we're talking about soil amendments and, and uh, the kinds of things that you can put in to enhance your garden, fertilizer, stuff like that, can you overdo it? I mean, can you just put too much that you just I'm loving my oh, plants and you love them to death? Right. Ab- absolutely. And in fact, home gardeners are notorious um, for over fertilizing, especially their vegetable gardens, but over fertilizing everything, lawns, um, you know, perennial beds, everything, because they feel like, oh, I've got to fertilize every time, every time, every time. And no, we, we probably don't. I mean, the soil, if you've got good, healthy soil that has a high clay content, um, you know, like it's a loamy soil or it's a, you know, a, a, a sandy loam or a, a, or a clay loam, that, that soil itself is holding on to those nutrients. And the exchange uh, with the plant roots is happening, you know, from those, from those clay micelles into the plant roots or into the mycelium. The, you know, the mycorrhizal fungi that are in the soil that then pass it on to the plant. Um, and so really a lot of the fertilizing that gardeners do ends up passing through the soil system and getting into streams and causing problems there. So um, better to, oh, you know, when we tell people to apply, um, when, we, when we fertilize, uh, we tell people do it weekly, you know, do half strength uh, fertilization. Uh, my, one of my uh, favorite so phrases from you, weekly, weekly. Weekly, weekly, right. If you're doing a liquid fertilizer, weekly, weekly. Um, and then and then you know you're not applying too much at a time that it's going to go racing down, you know, and be carried out to other environments. Which is a big concern because, I mean, for, for the people concerned about agricultural runoff, uh, don't be creating it mm-hmm. yourself. 
Yeah, it's it's that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we tend to get so, uh, holier than now. And in fact, the the uh, um, you know in, in many cases, uh, agricultural systems are doing it better than we home gardeners are because they they are very controlled. Their bottom line is they don't want to be over applying fertilizers because it's expensive for them to do so, and so um, and they're trained in how to do it and um you know many home gardeners are not they just uh, go out there and spray or or fertilize at will and and uh there are more problems with home garden over applications of all kinds of things uh, so okay. yeah so yeah. yeah and we should point out that when we say weekly weekly we're doing weekly in both senses like as in not strong and once a week so that, right. that's Half the strength yeah. every week and so you know if the label says apply every two weeks at this strength we say no you know better to make it half strength and just do it uh d- double the amount of time so you're doing it uh more often but at a, a lesser strength uh, so if it's an application that's, you know, once a month, you then do it twice a month at half strength. And that's, uh, that's a better way to keep those nutrients um, on your property and, and doing the work that you want them to do for your plants. Lynn Kunzman is back with us on the Jefferson Exchange on Garden for Life. We are talking about uh, gardening issues uh, relevant to the month of March. If you would like to uh, have some conversation with us in the April edition, uh, send an email to jx at jeffnet.org. Um, while we're talking about fertilizers, I noticed that uh, I was out checking in the garden on one of the snowy days in, uh, in late February, and uh, there were some deer nuggets out there, and I got me thinking again about the kinds of, uh, of manures that are okay to use in gardens, particularly food gardens and the kind that are specifically not sure well you, you know you're not going to use dog manure uh, <laughs> that's not something but almost any kind of agricultural manure anything like um, well rabbit goat those kinds of things that they're mixed with bedding are pretty mild and can be used I, I usually recommend people compost their manures in with their compost pile just to get it broken down um, Horse and steer manure or cow manure needs to be kind of mixed into the compost pile and, and allowed to uh, allowed to break down before you you don't apply it directly. So not full strength, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not full strength. You, know, you can certainly use those things to make like a manure tea, and you know put them in water in a in a big barrel or something, and and then let them steep and then use that as a fertilizer. That's that's fine. You're, you probably are not going to be able to make a manure tea that is too strong to put on your garden. Um, Sorry, then, I can't help you then, giggling about manure tea. <laughs> right, manure tea, right. And then, and then you know, when the barrel's empty, you've still got, you've got detritus down the bottom, dump that into the compost pile and let it let it do its thing. Uh, you know, it becomes part of your compost regime. Um, the one real thing that you need to worry about is chicken manure. It is very, very hot. Even, even mixed with bedding, it is, you can really burn plants with that. And so that really does need to be composted. Um, because it's just so high in nitrogen and, and it can scorch plants. Is there a lot of ammonia in it or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it's very high in, um, in urea, uh, ammonia compounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as far as the, if I get more deer nuggets in the garden, and obviously I have to put the <laughs> fencing in place, is it okay to leave that there? Does that help at all? Or is oh, that... yeah, yeah, they're not going to hurt at all. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's not going to hurt. You know, and I've, I've taken, I used to rear rabbits, and I, I would take the rabbit compost mixed with the bedding that, that, you know, went through the bottom of the cage, and I'd just put that out on my garden beds. I, it was it was pretty mild, and it breaks down really readily, and um, it was never a problem. But 
Um, in, in most instances, you want to compost uh, your manure product. Okay. Let's shift indoors because obviously we're still doing some work in there. And, and any suggestions on how to keep a relatively contained growing area uh, if you don't have a lot of room in your house and you're trying not to make a huge mess? <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you know, I don't know. We've got a greenhouse. So we, we have a little greenhouse here that we use. And, of course, I've got the, the big ones out at the at the Silrec campus. Um and so it's less of an issue about making a mess inside. The problem is um, space. I mean, not, not many people have enough window space inside to put a big shelf up under every window in their house and grow stuff that way. There are um, kind of cool commercial racks that you can get that have light systems in them um, so that if you want to grow several trays of stuff at a time, they, you, you're growing them vertically. And, and with uh, grow lights so that the plants are getting enough light. That's always the issue indoors, is having the plants get enough light and okay. heat. Um, the, but if you're doing that, you want to be very, very certain that you have a tray liner <laughs> that is solid on the bottom. Uh, and you're going to have to be careful not to overwater that because obviously if it's a solid bottom tray liner, um, it's not going to let water go down onto the lights on the next shelf, but it's also going to retain water in there, and then you can drown your seedlings. So it's a very, uh, it's a very touchy kind of balancing act. You have to take the trays off, water the plants, and let them drain somewhere where you don't mind the water draining away, and then put them back in that waterproof liner so that you're not going to electrocute yourself. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good plan. Uh, there's about 30 seconds left, Lynn. you got a couple of events you want to uh, talk about coming up later in the spring? Right. April 22nd at the Industrial uh, Stores site in Phoenix from 11 to 2. There's a B-City event we'll have a booth at. And May 6th at the SoRec Campus in Central Point um, is our Spring Garden Fair. It's just one day, and it's from three uh, 9 o'clock until 3 p.m., 9 in the morning, 3 p.m., so, yeah, everybody will be telling you more about that shortly. All right. We'll talk about it uh, certainly on the next edition of Garden for Life as well with our resident master gardener, Lynn Kunzman from Jackson County Master Gardeners. Lynn, always a pleasure. Really fun. Thanks. Bye.